Welcome to this week's edition of Mountain Outhouse News. I'm your host, Jam Jam. This is the craziest shit happened in running this week. This week's stories include Mount Marathon almost up in smoke, Vol State begins, and the tragedy of Frank Meza. Let's start this week by taking a collective deep breath. There are some real deep thoughts on this first story, and it's not an easy subject by any means, but I think it's an important conversation to have and something for all of us to consider as we navigate our lives. Many of you may have already heard about the tragic story of Frank Meza. Frank turned some heads once again this March, where at age 70, he clocked a 2.53.10 marathon. Yes, this is about a minute faster than the 70 and up age group record at the marathon distance, and was well over an hour ahead of the next in his age group. Some being skeptical of this time began digging and found some pretty damning evidence of Frank's times, not just in LA this year, but for several years. A series of nine articles chronicling the evidence and reactions to statements from Frank denying any cheating were published to the Marathon Investigation website, and threads on letsrun.com also dove deeper into the controversy. I first learned about Frank from the aforementioned website, which first wrote about him on May 28th. Marathon Investigation is a website blog run by Derek Murphy that acts as a watchdog of sorts for marathon and ultramarathon cheats. He analyzes discrepancies in splits for major marathons and other reported cases of cheaters or race bandits with the goal to expose or rectify the situations. Frank's story became the subject of more frequent posts by the website with varying updates. The LA Marathon eventually disqualified Frank from this year's race on June 28th, and more articles surfaced with more evidence of past cheating at races. Frank continued to deny the cheating as more articles continued to be posted, calling for him to come clean, even up until July 4th, the day that Frank Meza committed suicide. His body was found in the LA River. Let's all let that sink in for a minute. This is not a simple subject. Frank Meza, I think, needed some help. Was his cheating wrong? Yes. Did his fraudulent marathon times take an age group and some amount of notoriety away from others, an age group award and some amount of notoriety away from others? Yes. Should we as a running community strive to keep cheats from damaging other people in the sport? I also think yes, but at what cost? And in no way was the ultimate result worth the crime. While we may never know why Frank cheated all of these years, it may have been to fill a void he felt in his life. It in some way helped him to feel happiness or fulfillment. I am no mental health specialist, but with that hole opened up inside of him by the recent exposure, he may have felt like he had nowhere left to turn. This is an incredibly important topic to bring up and discuss. There are real mental health issues out there that many from all walks of life deal with. Those aren't often talked about publicly. It's not sexy, it's not often fun, but I would say many of us will deal with something at some point in our lives or know loved ones who do. In this case, the virality of the story carried across the entire running world and internet was just too much for Frank. In the age of the internet and social media, it can be easy to spread part of a story and even for things to be misconstrued. Cyber bullies and trolls can inflict damage beyond a wall of anonymity and into real life. Even a well-intentioned examination can be taken to extreme lengths through the power of the internet. I think when we see people doing things that don't make sense, 
We can be quick to throw stones without seeking to understand more with empathy. Why was Frank seemingly cutting the courses on these marathons to achieve a certain age group time? How much self-worth did Frank have? Did he need those certain numbers on the clock to feel whole? What could Frank have done differently to feel content and accomplished with his performances, no matter the time? I wouldn't think anything less of Frank for running a four-hour marathon versus a sub-three. He should be welcomed no matter. Yes, someone who didn't assign their self-worth as much to a result may not care. They may apologize for being caught, but this went way deeper for Frank, to the point that he couldn't find another option. I know I'm going to work to better myself, to show more empathy, to seek to understand maybe why someone's doing something, and offer help. Maybe we all can. I will leave this story with this. If you, need, if you out there need someone confidential to talk about anything you're dealing with as a human, as, and we all deal with things, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. You can call anytime and share that burden you're feeling. Thanks. Taking place last week in Alaska was the annual Mount Marathon race in Seward, Alaska. This year was complicated by a nearby wildfire that canceled the juniors race, as well as leading some to forgo the race over health concerns with poor air quality. Winning this year's race for the men was Max King, who ran a 43.39 to win his first Mount Marathon. Eric Strabel was second in 45.21. For the ladies, Hannah LaFleur took the win in 53.24, followed up by Christy Marvin, who was just 30 seconds back. We have a quick check-in from our Beast Coast correspondent, post-Western States, from a surprisingly familiar location. Age is a whizzle. Where are you coming to us from today? Hey, Outhouse Nation! It's Age is a whizzle, checking in from Black Canyon City. Hey, I've been jogging around for like a couple hours here looking for Jam Jam. Turns out he doesn't live here. He's not here in Black Canyon City. But that's not all. The canyon's not black, and it's definitely not a city. But here I am, it's 125 degrees, and I brought the Beast Coast to Black Canyon City, celebrating AWS. That's after Western States. What a Western States it was. We have 360 days to wait to another one. So instead, I'm gonna wait it out here in the Arizona desert, the harsh, desiccated, dry desert, waiting for Jam Jam to enlighten me with the next great thing in ultra running. Until then, it's Age is a Whistle, reporting from Black Canyon City. Well, I can't wait to get back down to Black Canyon City soon. Maybe we'll see you there next February, AJW. I've heard it's not quite 125 degrees then. The Sinister 7 is a 100 miler in Alberta, Canada, and looks like a fine time. I still hope to make it up there one of these years to the beautiful Canadian Rockies. It was first time 100 mile runner Scott Cooper who took the win in 1808, while Don Glover won for the women in 2419. It was brought to my attention on Twitter by at Scooter that according to Canadian Running Magazine article, around the 118K mark, Scott lost one of his water bottles, but a fellow relay runner gave up their bottle to him. The question was posed if this counts as outside assistance as stated in the race rules, and whether or not there will be any ramifications. For that, I'm just not sure, but it certainly has happened at other races. 
Just a week after dropping from the Western States 100 at mile 93, Dave Mackey successfully finished the Leadville 50-mile bike race and is still on track for his summer Leadman Challenge. He will next face the 100-mile bike in August. Heading over to the Beast Coast, the Finger Lakes 50 took place in New York, where we saw a win from Andrew Simpson in 7 hours 30 minutes with Sabrina Little, not too far back for the ladies' win in 7.49. Anyone from Outhouse Nation run this one before? We have a Strolling Gym prize money update for 2020. The race has been offering a progressive bonus for each year. The record has not been beaten. We are now five years into this challenge, meaning that if you break Andy Jones's 359.26 course record, you'll earn six grand. They also had an equal prize purse for women this year in 2019. Whoever could not only break for the 444.45 course record of Leah Thoral Vision, but run an equivalent adjusted time of 112% of what Andy Jones ran to get the full purse. This year it's been changed up they're doing away with that, and they're now offering the progressive purse for the women outright record, but starting at $1,000 for 2020. So if you broke 428.09 in 2019, you would have earned $5,000, but now in 2020, you'll just have to break 444.45, which will net you $1,000. Hope that was as clear as mud. Shout out to Outhouse viewer Dave Burnett, who organized the first annual Dave's Backyard Ultra on a quarter mile loop where 16 runners amassed a total of 333.25 miles in eight hours. Nice. Vol State, the great 500 kilometer road race across Tennessee. 20 runners are signed up for the crude version and 101 are in for the uncrewed, aptly named screwed category. This should be good. Beverly and Alan Abs, Johan Steen, Greg Armstrong, Don Winkley, and more will be duking it out over the next three to 10 days. An update on the most prolific 100 mile finisher, Sandra Brown. She not only just finished her 204th 100 plus miler, but also set a new world best in her age group, 70 to 74, of 21 hours, 15 minutes, 33 seconds, breaking Helen Klein's previous best. In a lesson of patience and persistence, Catch this, Sandra walked the whole way in this 24-hour race, where she was 204th after lap one, and by the end, finished 24th place with over 113 miles. And finally, something random and fun from one of our viewers. Katie Almanzan reports that her husband and three friends will on July 28th run the Boston Marathon course while eating at all 12 Dunkin' Donuts locations along the way. Stay tuned for photos next month. And with that, thanks for tuning in to episode 153 of Outhouse News. The show would not be possible with the support of our Patreon contributors who help with the production of this show each and every week. Join the Patreon crew at the link below for as little as $2 per month. Huge shout out to our $50 level supporters, Squirrels Nut Butter, Brian Sands, and the Twisted Fork Ultra out of Park City, Utah, as well as our $25 level supporters, Bluebird Running Company, Carrie Savage, Renee Feint, Casey Carter, and Jeff Holbrook. Thanks for checking out the show, and we'll see you next time. If you have crazy stories to share or a question or feedback for the show, please leave a comment below. And finally, if you'd like to own this custom pair of Jam Jam sunglasses, complete with a signed certificate of authenticity, check out the link in the description. Happy week.